Hello and welcome to Calling All Cars from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling All Cars, a copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Eventually, our detectives would have caught up with the criminals. 
or the lawbreakers who get away with it are very rare indeed. If you people who are at the scene of the crime can save a lot of time and a lot of the taxpayers' money, if you will keep your eyes and ears open, memorize the faces of suspected criminals, remember scraps of conversation, make notes of automobile license numbers, if you are held up, remember that you will soon be talking to the police, who will ask you for detailed descriptions of the robbers. The more information you can give us, the quicker we can recover the stolen property. We of the police department welcome your help and thank you for your suggestions. You will now hear how an alert amateur detective helped us solve a famous diamond robbery. shopping rush of several years ago. Mr. and Mrs. Abraham Zeminsky are paying one of their many visits to a little radio shop near their home on 29th Street. Papa, I think this would make us an elegant piece of furniture. Well, I'm telling you, it's too big. It costs too much. I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, I'll buy you this one. It's a little smaller, but you can play it louder. No, no, Papa. This big one would be lovely by the green touch over stuff. Mama, you approach me yet? I, I tell you it's too much. Gee, that's a lot in the day. You keep a man in your business. They're your customers. Yeah, but I'm blinded by the ice. I bite the headlight on the old man's finger. Boy, it's worth a fortune. All right, but you're selling your Yeah. Uh, I think Madam will find the Empire console model here will fit in most agreeably with her other furnishings. Papa, did you hear what you call me? Madam. He's saying you compliment and it's costing me money. Hello, Mrs. Minsky. How are you? Hello, Mrs. it. How are you? What a beautiful fur coat. Mrs. Minsky, you have been spending on your Rebecca once more, no? Mm, Mrs. Monsivich, so this is costing me money. Oh, Mrs. Monsivich, let me tell you, Papa put out this. $1,500 for this skin coat. $1,500? No. Is it possible? You are a good husband, Mrs. Aminsky. I'll tell you what I'll do, Mama. I'll make you a proposition. We go home now and we buy the radio maybe sometime again later. Uh, perhaps Madam would like to hear the tone of the instrument. No. No, I know it must be very classy. You know, Mrs. Aminsky, Papa is so good to me. He buys me everything I want. You're fortunate, Rebecca. My man is not so. He's a loafer. Fourteen years he has had his meat market. And what has he got for me? Nothing but seven kids on a mortgage. <laughs> I should better be married to your husband. No, Mrs. Nansovic. That you cannot do. Papa is mine. Papa is so good to me. No, man, you can lock up the way you intended a powerhouse. You have the address? Yes, ma'am. Did you get that? Mrs. Nancy, Nancy. On the next day, Roy DeVogue, the clerk in the radio store, installs the new radio for Mr. and Mrs. Aminsky. Uh, just one more wire to fasten and you'll be all set, madam. How nice. Oh, that's all what's nice to me. Papa, how you talk. You don't appreciate artistic things. 
too long to dress without getting culture. Now we can enjoy things. There you are, madam. The tubes are warming up now. Oh, Papa, listen music. I hear it. Oh, in Poland it was not so. When we began. No, but you could hear that it was on this place for nothing. There you are, madam. This dial on the right controls the volume. What's that? I make it louder or softer. Now, this dial here brings in your station. If it gives you any trouble, let me know. Don't worry. We will. Uh, nice place you got here, madam. Very tastefully furnished. Do you think so? Maybe you'd like to look around. I just baked some cookies. Would you like some and a drop of wine, maybe? Uh, sure. I don't mind if I do. such a rock in your life. Biggest spotlight. Yeah? Yeah, on the level. Must be ten grand in ice in the place. Tough to knock over? Nah, it's a pipe. I've been back there four times to service the radio. I dreamed it when I put it in so it wouldn't work any too hot. I got the whole layout. Okay. As an old con yourself, you ought to know a good thing when you see it. But this ain't my record. Yeah, I know. It's different from safe cracking. It's a crying scene to overlook an easy knockover like this. Yeah, you're right. Well, when do you want to go? Anytime you say. Oh, there's no time like now. Okay, pal. Early in the evening of January 23rd, 1929, a Chevrolet Coupe cruises back and forth on West 29th Street. Finally, it comes to a stop. The driver quickly turns off the light. It's dark enough now. Let's get going. Okay, just a minute. What's the delay? Oh, got to get a shot. Hey, what's the big idea? No. Didn't you know I was stuck on the stuff? No. Well, I am. Well, you better lay off Smith and cocaine. We got work to do. Oh, I couldn't do a thing unless I got a load. Hand them over and be quick about it. What, Dad? 
he had nothing you would want. Is that so? Suppose he'll let us be the judge of that. Where are they? I tell you, I... Shut up. We'll find them ourselves. Face the wall, you two. You can cover Gibbs while I fix the joint. Okay.
Now I'm going to cut a chunk of the time out of your feet until you get ready to talk. How's that strike you? Number. What? 
You got the license number of the car? Sure. Yeah, you know, we've got to do things like that now. Detective lessons, get information and so on. You know, without being... Yeah, yeah, I know, but what's the license number? Oh, hang on. Here it is. I've got it written down here. It's uh, a 1929 license, 7G6783. 7G6783. Get on the phone, Bert, and give the captain that number. He'll place it in a jiffy. Okay. And kids, you've got the makings of a copper. That's mighty fine police work, getting that number. Department of Motor Vehicles reports that license 7G6783 is registered to one Walter Daly, who lives at the Renard Hotel, San Francisco. Captain Cahill of the Robert Detail of Central Headquarters requests the Chief of Police of San Francisco to investigate this man. The next morning, Captain Cahill receives a reply. Good. Kimberly. Sorry. Right? Yeah. Go into the office about it, will you? Right away, Bill. Well... I got a hot tip on that diamond job. Yeah? What is it? It's a wire from San Francisco. Those boys work fast up there. It says, Walter Daly checked out Renard Hotel January 21st. Gave forwarding address, Delroy Hotel, Los Angeles. Reputation unknown. Yeah, you know that Delroy, Bill. No, I can't place it. Sure, it's a dump on the other side of the track. Full of dips and snowbirds. Remember we knocked over Jerry Parker down Oh, there. yeah. Yeah, and we pinched a lot of other mugs in that joint. Well, let's get going. We'll ease down there and have a talk with this daily guy. Leaving Pruitt and Sperry's lookouts in the police car, which they have parked half a block away, Cahill and Kimberly enter the hotel. Anything I can do for you, Jen? We're looking for daily. Is he registered here? I don't know. I'll have to telephone to have we got anybody here by the name of Daly? Yeah, he's in 642. Some men are in the lobby for you, Mr. Daly. Hey, disconnect that thing. Yo! Yeah, pretty well trained, ain't you? Tipping off the guests. Well, if that's the sort of a joint this is, you're escorting us up to Daly's room personally, mister. Come on, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you'll find out quick enough. Six floor. Oh, What's the big idea of all this strong on them? All right, we don't have to draw pictures, do we? You're wise to who we are. And if I remember right, I'm wise to who you are. Seems like I've seen you in several show-ups. Oh, yeah? How's about it, Bill? Don't you look familiar? Yeah, he does with that. They are, Now, where's 642? Right down the hall. Yeah, and the boys are walking out the back way already. Hey, you guys. We're police officers. Get him up and get back in that room. Go on. Make it perfect. You too. Ah, but I'm the manager of this hotel. I don't care who you are. You're going in there with the other two. All right, Kimberly. Take him down. Yeah. Find anything? No, no, Dad. Okay. You can put your hands down now. But the first man that makes a move is going to get killed. Now, which one of you is Daly? I'm Daly. All right. That's your suitcase? Yeah. See what he's got in there, Kimberly. Yeah, nothing bad. Here's clothes. Oh, oh, here's a camera something. Let me see it. Hmm. What have you been doing with this milk of magnesia daily? Been having stomach trouble? Well, yeah, a little. I've been bothered some lately. Well, that's fine, Daly. Thanks for your interest. 
information. I happen to know that this stuff you admit is your milk of magnesia is morphine. You know how they'll book you for position of narcotics? You flat put it. I don't get tough, Haley. That won't do any good. You better just take it easy. Now tell us, Haley, who is your partner on that last job? What job? The one you pulled last night. We didn't pull any jobs. We sort of think you did. You see, Bailey, you can usually spot us guys who wear badges, but you never can tell when an amateur detective is sticking out on you. Hill takes his business to headquarters, leaving Sterry on stakeout at the hotel. The two men are watched closely on the way to the station to prevent them from throwing away any jewels. For an intensive search of the room had failed to reveal the missing diamonds. They are mugged and fingerprinted, and a comparison of records shows that Bailey, under many illnesses, had led a life of crime for 30 years, while Defogue, his partner, is on parole from Folsom, where he was sentenced to serve a term for bank robbery. Mr. and Mrs. Zeminski are summoned to Central in an effort further to identify the two criminals. If you'll just be seated here, Mrs. Zeminski. Oh, thank you. And you over here, Mr. Zeminski. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kimberly, bring in number one. Do you folks recognize this man? Papa, that's the nice young gentleman who called me madam. The one I sold at the radio. Yes, I am. I told you you shouldn't have bought that radio, Mama. Hey, what's this all about? I never saw these people before in my life. That's him. That's him. I know him because still by his voice. What did you do with my diamonds, you young loafer? Hey, what is this, a frame-up? I don't know nothing about no diamonds. As soon as the Minskis hear daily talk, they recognize him as the other robber. That evening, the questioning of daily begins. Listen, I tell you, I'll break if you send me up for narcotics. 
I'll only give the whole violation of parole. He's a good guy. I'd hate to see him spend his best days up there. Oh, listen. I'll tell you if you'll give me a shot. I'll tell you it's bad. Not a chance. I don't see what you're wasting our time for. We know you did the job. You're going to the big house for it. You can't make a deal with us. You can't duck any... You can't get any dope. But you're going to tell us where that big diamond is if we sit here for six months. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you. I guess it won't do any good anyway. Well, well. While I was driving down here to the station, I swore the darn thing. <laughs> Hospital of Summit Pump is applied to the Recalcitrant Daily, and the diamond is finally recovered. The next day, Mr. Zeminski calls at Captain Cagle's office for his diamond. Did you send for me, Captain? Uh, yes, Mr. Zeminski. Come in. Thank you. Well, yes, sir. Well, here it is. What? My diamond? Oh, Captain Cagle, how can I thank you? Oh, my beautiful diamond. Oh, that's all right, Mr. Zeminski. It's all the day's work, you know. Oh, you couldn't appreciate, Captain, how much this means to me. But this diamond represents my wife, Captain. For years, I saved all the money I could. Even went without food sometimes, until I could own this stone. But, uh, Captain, where's the setting? Uh, sorry, Mr. Zeminski. We were unable to reclaim it. Well, uh, I can get another setting somehow, but never could I get another diamond. Happy in the return of his property, Mr. Zeminski rewards alert young Pat for his amateur detective work and is delighted to learn that his would-be torturers are made to pay for their crimes. William Daly is given five years to life on two counts of first-degree robbery and one count of first-degree burglary. And Roy DeHoog is sentenced to Folsom for violation of parole, two counts of first-degree robbery and one count of first-degree burglary, drawing 16 years to life. In behalf of the cast of Calling All Cars, I make a special request of all our listeners tonight. We have put in long hours in the writing and rehearsing of this show. We have no means of knowing whether or not you like these broadcasts, unless you respond by calling personally at the Rio Grande station in your neighborhood. Won't you drop in there tonight or tomorrow? Ask for a copy of the Calling All Cars News. It's free and full of interesting information about these broadcasts. Take the boys and girls of your family into the Rio Grande station with you so they can talk with the Rio Grande dealer and learn how easily they can get a complete junior detective outfit free. Of course, we hope you will try some Rio Grande cracked gasoline, the same gasoline that is used by many police departments featured on these broadcasts. We are all convinced that there is no finer gasoline made. And so many of the West's largest cities and counties specify Rio Grande Crack that there must be a real reason for the popularity of this gasoline. You'll discover the reason when you try a tank full. And we also ask you to let the Rio Grande dealer drain your crankcase next time and refill it with Sinclair motor oil. We feel that Sinclair motor oil gives you greater value, and we'd like a chance to prove it. Thank you.
Lindsay, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. <laughs>